ready, Dad? Yeah, kid. Start the ball. I guess it's just like they say. Hey, 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 this is Like Nerd, Like Son, and this is The Nerd, the KP, Mr. Maestro, the man, the myth, the legend, the motherfucking god of nerdism. <laughs> and I'm saying, Another new title. Yeah. <laughs> he added the man, the myth, the legend last episode, now he's the god, the god of, nerdism. of nerdism. yes. <clears throat> and I'm sitting here with... The content kid, Jesco, the excellent... Vanquisher of all evil, the son himself, Jay Escobar. That's pretty good too, but it's not. <laughs> Sorry, to it's not the god of nerdism. It's, it's not, not the god, god of nerdism. No. ERIC no. here as well. No titles, just straight up. You know, acronym. Yes. And had we, to think of that acronym or anagram. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Two it, it, different it, things. ERIC. E e e uh, why don't you introduce our guest? We got my brother here, D&D expert, not god of nerdism, but expert at the topic we're talking about today. A journeyman of nerdism, at least. There you go. <laughs> yes, we're here Colin. with Colin. Yes. Colin, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Colin, has anybody ever told you you look like Ed Sheeran? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't gotten that one. Yeah, you He's gotten like Prince Harry. He's and, not he looks like and Conan O'Brien when my hair's longer. He looks like <laughs> so any famous redhead you want to yeah. refer to him no, as. No, no, no. And the Ed Sharon and the guy from Lemonade Mouth. I don't know. What is that with you in Lemonade, Lemonade Mouth? Mouth. Okay. What is Lemonade Mouth? Okay. It's, a, it's a Disney club. show. It's a, uh, I, it I sounds terrible. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, I don't need to know what that it is. That does not sound like it would be a Disney film. Lemonade, Lemonade Mouth is a Disney film. Yeah, yes. sounds like a really weird software. <laughs> <Yeah. again. laughs> <laughs> Some like Skinamax type shit. It's Lemonade experimental Mouth. Experimental electronic well, band. Needs to say, you know, they can't see us, but it, I mean, I mean, Colin does look like Ed Sheeran. Sing us a song, Colin. He does not. <laughs> Do us a little ditty. What Put it on the spot, man. He doesn't <laughs> sing songs. He masters dungeons. Weaves okay. tales. And yes. dragons. And dragons. And dragons. <laughs> this is true. So Colin was a dungeon master for a campaign that I did with ERIC. Correct. And uh, and so before that too, right? Like with the Camden House people? Uh, did you do no, I don't think that. No. That one never took off. <laughs> yeah, that one never took off. We tried a little bit. We had somebody else DM, but we only did like one go at it. It's tough to get. Like especially if you have like seven people. Oh, it's not easy. It's, it's not, not an easy, easy game. To, yeah, to get everybody together to play it is really tough. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard enough to uh, get everybody to agree on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> pizza toppings, but let alone, like, when, when you want to get people together for what typically ends up being, like, five to ten hours, it's hard for everybody to carve out a time in their schedule. Block. Yes. It's, and that problem only skyrockets with with each and every person above and if five or six and i feel like too if there's any other event that's occurring at the time the other person who's involved in the event and you tell them you know i have D, &D to do i can't go to this thing 
They're like, well, it's what the respect- fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, it's not well received. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not respectable. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you haven't guessed, I don't know if we did a formal intro, but we're talking about dungeons and dragons this week. Both. I, I can imagine. I can imagine you going to somebody and saying, "You know, I can't go to Grandpa's 99th birthday because I got to play Dungeons and Dragons tonight." <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll catch him at 100. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And Dungeons and Dragons too is, you know, you say you're going to play Dungeons and Dragons, but you're also going to get, you know, wasted or high. <laughs> <laughs> and eat playing, at the same time. If you're playing it correctly, God, yeah. if you're playing it correctly. Uh, there's no other way to play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't play Dungeons and Dragons straight. You're not no. supposed to. Okay, break out the rum. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, break out the reefer and break out the rum. Do you know what it means to be a dwarf if you're not chugging mead back? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How are you supposed to get in the mind of a dwarf if you're not hammered? Right. <laughs> You're doing it wrong, sir. Again, <laughs> if you're not playing the hammer, you're doing it wrong. Um, all right, so let's just jump into this. Um, Gary Gygax. Cool uh, name. Cool name. Alliteration. It is. Yes. Yeah, he, his name is suitable. It's like a like J.R. or J.R. Uh, Tolkien. Like that sounds made up, right? I don't even know what that is. Your yeah. fucking name. I'm calling shenanigans. Wait, wait. Gygax does not sound made up. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> is that that was his original name? Yeah. I don't even buy. I think Tolkien made his shit up. Gygax was born to a Gygax. Yeah, he was born Gygax. with that alliteration. He was ready to go. That could be like a monster name, the Gygax. Oh yeah, yeah like certainly some sort the, of the Gygax. god yes. from another plane. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, so he is uh, attributed as the creator of Dungeons and Dragons, but it, I think it started a little bit before him, and he kind of took on his own. He threw it's, his own spin on it. It yeah. started as a game called Chainmail originally, right? A tabletop yeah, even, RPG game. But that yeah. was even by Gary Gygax. Yeah, was Chainmail, oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, Chainmail yeah. was by him. So, but, but you got but the thing about Gary Gygax is when you research his history, read his history. This guy was number one geek from door one. He was he was nerdy from the door. <laughs> he he was <laughs> he studied, he like if anybody like you know anybody like most likely most likely to succeed most likely to kill somebody most likely to make an imaginary game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this picture right there in the yearbook because this guy, if you read his history, I mean all the things that led up to him doing this. He did odd jobs along the way. He did di- different jobs in insurance companies and things like that. And but in between that, he was like making games and yeah. stuff like that. Kind of like the father from uh, How I Met Your Mother. He's making games and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he's mm-hmm. like you know, and um, he got into fiction early in life when he was like a kid. I think mm-hmm. his father fed him fiction. So there you go. Yeah, he. Uh, I think this is a kid like that was born with framed glasses that had been broken with tape in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they gave him a pocket protector mm. as a take-home present from the hospital. You'll like, need this. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> believe me. <laughs> you're gonna Your ink's this. gonna be fucking everywhere if you don't got this shit. Um, <laughs> but he's only he's still in diapers. Believe take just take, just <laughs> take the case. fucking pocket protector. <laughs> don't worry about it. This kid's gonna be living in a locker for a long time. <laughs> yeah, right he's now. gonna have a lot of time to think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So <laughs> used to the wedgies, boy. 
So Gary Gygax, though, was, uh, super smart kid. He created Chainmail. Now, before we get to Chainmail, there's a man named uh, Dave Wesley who uh, created uh, the Brownstein uh, gaming platform, which was like a medieval gaming thing that was kind of like Risk, I think, mm-hmm. but more just medieval. Um, and his buddy, Dave Arneson, uh, took that and turned it uh, to that game using Gary Gygax's chainmail game that he created with the combat system. So Gary Gygax created a game called Chainmail that had a combat system which is very similar to what D&D became. Mm-hmm. And they had this game Brownstein that Dave Wesley created. Dave Wesley went into the army and Dave Arneson, his friend Dave... All the Daves. <laughs> Dave Arneson was like, I'm going to take your Brownstein game and apply Gary Gygax's chainmail combats on top of it. Mm-hmm. And when he talked to Gary Gygax about it, he was like, let's fucking make this a whole nother game called uh, The Fantasy Game. Duh. And that was like the original name for uh, D&D. No ring. Yes. Yeah. No ring. Right. Um, but Gygax and Arneson had met on a game that they had worked on previously called Don't Give Up the Ship. <laughs> With an exclamation point. That's why I said it like that. You gave um, up the ship. Yeah. Um, and he introduced them to it, and they did all the, the work for it, but Gygax was the one that wrote the game and did the final prep and text of Dungeons & Dragons originally. So that's why he's contributed as the creator. Right. It's because he did the heavy lifting. The combat system is key. That's really what makes the game a lot of fun. Right. And it was kind of as if... Um, we kind of had this conversation with uh, the uh, action figure episode. Mm-hmm. Where there was a the guy that made the action figure, but there was the other dude that came to him and was like, you Hey, that have Barbie doll is pretty cool. Someone made one that was a man. Well, that might sell. And the other dude was like, my idea. Boom. And, 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 now, and now in 2018, boy, that bought me idea is pretty cool. Now if somebody can make one life-size, then we can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese are working on that. I believe they have a few prototypes. Yes, they definitely um, So then they created, uh, they created D&D. And um, it, was the, it was like 1974 when they published it originally, uh, and it was called, like, the original D&D. It's not referred to as OD&D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that correct, Colin? I'm uh, thinking, I was like, original Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> right. Um, and it was a small set of three books published um, in 1974. And it was very, like, it was an amateur stage of Dungeons & Dragons, and it was not beginner-friendly. It was uh, apparently not very forgiving to people who have never played role-playing games. The and instant death monsters. Yeah, so you know about this then. What's, what, what was so challenging about it? I Well, a lot of the times, like, there was... I remember there was some kind of, like, spore creature where there was no save. And if you, if you just touched this balloon-like spore monster, that's it. You're dead. No save. Too bad. See you later. <laughs> so so like, why, why would you touch the monster? Well, you don't know. Be, well, like because you don't know it's there. What if it's a dark room? What if you don't have dark vision? Can't see the dark. Okay. You're screwed. 
bumping I don't around. Know, I don't know if it was suppressed or whatever, but they could have just been trying to get out their nerdy frustrations yeah. on yeah. outsiders <laughs> yeah. that were just strolling like, into their game and be like, you're fucking, fucking retarded. You can't play. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nerd game and you can't play. <laughs> I'll say this, though. I feel like this podcast is going to be a whole lot of us be, uh, us be like, Kyle, what about this? And you're like, well, of course, if you're in a dark room, <laughs> this thing they would kill you. And I'm looking at him like, what the fuck is Kyle talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I like in a dark room. <laughs> but if you don't have dark vision, nerd, yeah. then you're screwed. Come on. Hey, man. There's a difference between dark vision and low light vision, too. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Low lights in low light. <laughs> and dark vision. Is it a dark? You know, when you, when you that want to acquire well. the whirlwind blades of Shub-Nagorath, like, you know, sometimes they're found in caves. And you know what? You think those caves are going to be well lit? They aren't. Sometimes you find some phosphorescent fungus, but, you it's know, for the most part, you're you're screwed. You need some torches, no bro. No Nikola Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are going to kill me today. This is great, though. This is great. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's next? <laughs> Alright, um, so... Dancing lights, maybe? That's no <laughs> Well, if I'm in a dark room, I'm gonna need some dancing lights. Yeah, and, you know, you need a bard in the party for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just singing songs. <laughs> um, so, w- when they created this game, um, the first edition came out, um, like, very soon after that OD&D, and it just took off, and people fucking loved it. They also used like Jeff Perrin's uh, medieval miniature game, and put it. And they used that with D and D to create like maps and to put a character on that you could follow what was going on and where people were located in a dungeon if you were in a dungeon. Um, now that's generally now when I played with you, I thought like it was the first time somebody like rolled out a map and was like, "We're on a playing field. Here we go." <laughs> and so when we when we did that. That's generally how the game is played, though, right? Like, there is no map until you get into a fight. Or you're in an area that is going to have fights. Well, ultimately, it depends on, like, primarily how many tools you have available. So, you, yeah, you can play with the map and everything like that. However, I remember when I was, uh, when I was first starting out, we didn't, we didn't have any of that. And we just maybe had, like, the core rule books. And, and that was it. And we just really used the... Theodore of the mind, <laughs> where a dungeon master would describe, you know, whatever the room is to you, and then, you know, you would just kind of play right through it. So, but the maps do help, you know, certain people. Okay. Yeah, it helps. I mean, like you're saying, it's not just so. It's just not in your theater of the mind. Everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it can get kind of hairy, especially, too, if there's a lot of people, because the more people you have, the... Different ideas. Yeah, well, not only that, but the more people you got to keep track of, and who can right. get flanked, who can't, you know, whatever. But when you're dealing with only maybe, like, three people or under, like, or three or four people, like, it isn't totally necessary. Gotcha. Now, can you play with just two people? Yes, you can. In I, I guess you could play with only yeah, with only up to two people. There but. was um a vice special about a guy who was locked up for murder who was playing by himself in solitary. 
Whoa. Yeah. How and do you play by yourself? Because you need the dungeon master and then the he, he knows all the rules. He wow. just played it. It's rules-based fantasy, so you can just come up with your own story and come up and just roll come up with the own villains and everything and then just roll against yourself. And it's better than just sitting there rotting away, I suppose. Yeah. Actually using your head. Yeah, because basically if you don't know how to play by yourself, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, great. <laughs> continue, continue. Oh, Christ. Um, all right, so it took off after the first edition. And um, by the by 1981, uh, the game had more than <coughs> 3 million players around the world. And, and uh, copies by 1984 were selling at 750,000 copies of the... Uh, of the game, like I guess the Dungeon Master's Handbook or whatever, per year. So, let me get this straight, because let's act like I'm ignorant to everything Dungeons and Dragons right now. It's not really an act. It's not really an act, but in any event, you buy the Dungeon Master Handbook, mm-hmm. but you map, you make your own map. <laughs> so the handbook doesn't have a map in it. No, they're uh, they they do have some sample maps of uh, of areas or whatever, but uh, really, like in Dungeons and Dragons, there's there's kind of uh, what they call the Rule Zero, mm-hmm. which essentially states that uh, the the dungeon master is the the ultimate ruler. So when like there's no um there's no hard uh like certain map that you have to play it's whatever the uh the dungeon master declares this is the universe this is a map of a region you know you you can go x y and z or whatever so now if you're the dungeon master in the game you set the rules yes you can think of the books not as so much as a hard rule book guide, but um, you know, uh, suggestions on rules. Now, if you're the dungeon master, you're not actually playing the game with everybody, though. You're just in charge of the game. You're the facilitator, both. right? You, yes, you're doing both. Uh, so, like, you can't die if you're the dungeon. Everybody else can die, but you can't die if you're the dungeon master. No, you you cannot because. You can think of the the dungeon master as like everybody else plays a particular character in you know in a, in a story, right? But the dungeon master is is a representation of everything. So the dungeon master is every chair you sit on, you know, is every god you interact with, every monster you slay, the sword you pick up and hold in your hand is also you know, could be considered the dungeon master. So the dungeon, the dungeon master is omniscient. Uh, yes. Basically. Yes. 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 Okay. And the narrator. And the narrator. It's like an uh, omniscient narrator. Okay. Kind of like the cartoon where the little guy starts talking. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, like yeah. the book where there's a narrator. <laughs> okay. But and our story like opens up with three people and they do things. Yeah. And have magical powers. <laughs> but in the cartoon, the little guy explains who everybody is. What little yeah. guy? Well, yeah, I was about to ask that. The little dungeon master in the cartoon. Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Little dungeon master guy. Oh, oh, he's talking about yeah. the TV show. Yeah, I am the dungeon master. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's wearing the red cloak. Fuck TV show. I there, there was a Dungeons and Dragons. The Dungeons and Dragons. It was a shit. 
Wasn't there a movie? I, no! <laughs> That's debatable. There was a movie. There was a movie. Wasn't there a movie, too? There was a live action movie. That was shit. It was a live action movie. That was an insult. Yeah, it had a Wayne's brother in it, okay? Oh, shit. It had a Wayne's brother. Panther Prime. Yeah. And it wasn't even the older Wayne's brother. It was a younger Wayne's. He wound up dying in it, too. So it was like, I was kind of pissed because the only black guy in the show, they killed him. And you were... I was going to say, like, you're surprised? <laughs> Status quo. I was a little surprised because I thought, look, this is a fantasy land. They might let the brother. <laughs> <laughs> that was depressing. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew they kill black people in fantasy land, too? Wow. <laughs> All right, so. Um, <laughs> Killing so, black people in fantasy land. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> A new angry podcast. <laughs> uh, just the nerd talking about killing black people. Fantasy land. <laughs> so God damn it! Mace Windu should have lived. <laughs> Sounds like a chapter of a KKK book. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So D and D when they were creating it, it was influenced by a world of mythology, history. Pulp fiction and contemporary fantasy novels. Uh, the importance of J.R.R. Tolkien and D&D is controversial, to say the least. So I did a little bit of research on this. When did Lord of the Rings come out? Before. Okay. And and they, Gygax was like, I didn't have anything. I didn't even fucking read a book. I didn't even read a fucking Lord of the Rings. He was like, they were adamantly like, we don't even know shit about it. Yet, a lot of the creatures, they had, like, hobbits in the book. They had a lot of shit that was, like... Dwarves, elves. Yeah, that was, like... Wizards. You're clearly taking... Your description of it, everything is, like, taken from this. Not, not everything they were doing, but a lot of it was. And uh, people were getting pissed about that. And from what I understand... And, Colin, you can jump in after this. But from what I understand, it wasn't until 2000, in an interview, Gygax said that he admitted it. Yeah, Tolkien had a strong impact on uh, our creation of the game. Yeah, no quote, shit. In quote, strong impact is what Gygax said. But there's nothing th- nothing wrong with that because he's just taking no, an idea no, and he, he still that. came up with the entire fucking system, which is the hard part. Yeah. Right, which is which is like what I'm like. Why did you lie to begin with? It's like one of those things like Hunger Games. Yeah, it's was, clearly a par- is clearly a rip battle off royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. And the writer of Hunger Games is like, I don't know anything about Battle Royale. Oh, is that a movie? <laughs> like, I don't know. And it's like, fucking A, you clearly took Battle Royale. I mean, it's fine. I don't know if it's a liability. Like, I don't know the legality yeah. behind it. I don't well, know they, if it was liability. Do it. Yeah, like, because it's still... That's why you can have a movie called Mazes and Monsters and not Dungeons and... Because yes, you could just right. switch the wording around. That falls under parody is, law. Which is what ended up happening with Dungeons and Dragons. They ended up changing the names of a lot of the things from, like, uh, an ant to a tree ant. Right. And uh, there was a... Like, a, from a hobbit to a halfling. They, like, switched <laughs> a bunch of these term, terms over... <laughs> just to be like legally we're good yeah i'm a hobbit no you're a halfling i think that has a better ring to it yeah <laughs> did, I, did i pretty much nail that yeah but i mean i don't know i feel like ha- halfling that's not a very good term <laughs> it's not hey baby wanna kick it with a halfling <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend's a falling. Uh, <laughs> fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
fucking three inches, man. Uh, <laughs> my boyfriend's got six. So. Um, the full length. <laughs> full length. All day. Uh, oh, man, you're killing me. Um, so, also, the magic system in D&D, when you're using magics when you're, or magic when you're casting spells, uh, it's based on a book series uh, called Dying Earth by Jack Vance. And the whole, what they used for that magic part was uh, the idea of you memorizing spells and then having to re-memorize them the next day. And that kind of use of, like, spell casting. It's like a muscle. Yes, exactly. And that was from the Dying Earth. And you forget. (laughs) Yeah, you forget. Every single day. Is that how it still works, even in current editions? Well, I know. I know for a wizard that's how it works. Because that's, you have spells known and then there's, uh... Because you had the potential to learn all the spells. Right? Yeah, yeah, but you have to, you know, work you have at to, them. <laughs> yeah, you have to grab some other wizard spell book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, certain, so, certain things you say with a spell. What's that? Yes. Harry Potter well, style. No, it's not. So, like, the game is, isn't. Alright, so, like, I'm thinking. It's not. You know, when you're playing a video game mm-hmm. and you're playing, like, Tomb Raider or something? Yeah. And you're, like, trying to open up a gate. To a like cave, right? And it's like tap X X X X. Oh, now Y Y Y Y, and then it opens. Right. It's not like that where the user actually has to like like Do you his... would not be required to speak the spell okay. accurately. That's for that to happen in the game. I <laughs> know. Not... I know that's what you meant. That's, that's not what I was trying to explain. Like you don't actually have to. Like there's one thing that they... so just a quick example. We'll get into gameplay in a minute. But one of the things I learned from this game, it was a vital, vital lesson in Dungeons and Dragons, was playing with you, and you had us go up to a town, and there was a gate, and there was a huge line of people. Here I see, you might remember this. Yes. We were in a huge line, and uh, I was like, well, I could turn into a mole and burrow underneath of the, the actual wall of the city itself and mm-hmm. come out on the other side and not wait in this line. And the girl we were playing with, your roommate, Colin, was like, oh, I have, like, an invisibility spell. and So I can, I if I cast this spell now, will I be able to use it later? Can I use it now? I can sneak past if I go invisible. And you were like, just, yeah, you can do that. That was, okay, we'll do that. We spent a good hour talking about how Should we go? But why? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and we spent an hour trying to figure out how to get into the walls of the city. And I, I forget, maybe you hear I say or something? I don't remember what like, I did. Somebody was like, no, it was uh, Drogro. I only know him, which is funny, because I only know this kid by his D&D character, but I saw him at the Gorillaz concert, funny enough. Oh, was, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he was walking by me, I was like, there's Drogro. Jesse was like, who the fuck's Drogro? I'm like, don't worry like, about he's it. He's a dwarf. He's Drogro. Um, Athlete. <laughs> 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 look at him, I'm like, he is. <laughs> he's got some spells, too. Um, but no, so... I remember being like, and Drogro was just like, yeah, I'm going to wait in line. And we were like, what? And then you were like, okay, two hours passed. And you waited in line. And I was like, holy shit. Time's irrelevant. an hour talking yeah. about how we're going to dig underneath and get into the place when all we had to do was say, we wait in line. And the, the dungeon master goes, you waited two hours in line then. 
and then you're in the city. <laughs> and it was like, holy yeah, shit. You go power. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all sitting there flipping through our books like, what's the, what's the, uh, if I, if I get to, if I use this spell, like, I can hop over the game. Uh, yeah. And it's as simple as just being like, I waited in line. Okay, now you're in. <laughs> and that's part of the game. It's like, if you want to make it. So everybody has a book where they can find out what they can do next. You can outthink yourself. Yeah, you can have to like he, I, easily when we first started. So playing, many options that you're you you paralyze yourself and you don't know what the what even to do. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that when I first started playing with you, you said from the get go, you're like, "There's always an easy way to do things and a hard way to do things." So like, you can pull <laughs> at out least, your sword, at least one of each, <laughs> right? And you can pull out your sword and start slashing through every last monster that comes in front of you, or roll a diplomacy check. Yeah, or be like. Maybe I can bargain with this person. Yes. Or like, like, oh, I see, I see that this person's holding a, they have a crown on their head. That might be giving them their power. Let me do the smart move and like pop off a wall and grab the crown. I don't have to fight anybody. Right. And now the monster is destroyed because the crown was the only thing keeping it alive. And but if you don't think about it, if you're just like, oh, I have a sword and I'm going to punch you, it's like, well, then you lose. That's how that game works. There's, like eh. the guy in the TED talk for Dungeons and Dragons had the phrase, "There's no shame in a well bargained escape." Oh yeah, dude, totally. Got to bribe the dragon sometimes. Like, you know, <laughs> can't deal with this gold, right now. Some some shiny things. Give him a few words of kindness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a Vegas hooker. No, you know? they don't. Okay. Check I think they do take those. They do. <laughs> that is a form of currency they will accept. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I feel like we're just going to get back into this, and I don't want to keep looping around, but basically D&D was created by Gary Gygax, and it had a wonderful start-off. Um, we'll get into the downsides of it later. Can we talk we're... about how it blew up initially with the whole Satanism aspect? Okay, so, yeah, we'll get into that then first before we jump into gameplay. Okay. I just feel like everything I talk about, it's like... We just jump into the gameplay yeah. aspect. So right, 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 right. I want to hear about the Satanism. Let's talk about the Satanism. Because I'm a heathen. So, this <laughs> this kid, James Dallas Egbert the second, he was a genius kid. He went to Michigan State University at the age of 15. And he was found missing, and his parents reported it and hired this special investigator, William Deere, to find him. And he found out that this kid was really into D&D, and he was adamant. This guy, to be fair, he's a total jerk-off. He described himself in his advertisement for the book he wrote about this as a modern-day James Bond. And he's clearly not. He's, like, fat. What? What's the illusions of grandeur? What state is this in? Um, the kid, I'm not sure what state it's in, but the kid went to Michigan State University. So a Michigan cop is basically being like, I'm James Bond. A Michigan private investigator. Oh, <laughs> that's a private eye. Never mind. A, a modern day James How Bond. Dare I? But he was adamant after finding out that the kid was into Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, this has got to be the reason. He even took it upon himself to write a book called The Dungeon Master about the disappearance of Egg, uh, this kid Egbert. James Dallas Egbert the second and it blew up the media just took it and ran with it and they're like oh if it's because if this is the reason this kid went missing and he wasn't murdered they actually ended up finding him he was in Texas but he ended up killing himself and they had just assumed it was Dungeons and Dragons which was completely an unscientific way to go about things it's like maybe he plays Dungeons and Dragons 
because of other reasons. Maybe he's depressed, finds solace in this fantasy world as opposed to the real world. I'd say that's how the movie painted it. <laughs> what, uh, that it was because of Dungeons and Dragons? Well, that he had a broken home life. Right. And uh, it helped him escape that. That that makes sense. But the media took it and ran with it because people were eating it up. And oh, conservative we, Christians, of course, hear the word Satanism and they're like, oh my God. Get the bitch. Oh my God. So... My whole take on this, right? So this is like probably my favorite part about the D&D lore all throughout is the negative controversy it got. And uh, so, yeah, Christian groups were having problems with it because it included things like devil worship, <clears throat> witchcraft, suicide, murder, and drawings of tits. That's awesome. They hate it. All of that stuff is good. It's all awesome. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with a nice picture of a good titty. Yeah. Right. Some elven tits. Leonardo knew it. Michelangelo knew it. They did. These motherfuckers knew the value of a pair of tits. Yeah. There's different ways well you can received. Draw I'm saying though. There's different ways you can draw a nipple. I don't know why I turned into Seinfeld for a second. <laughs> they knew the value of a pair of tits. The Dodgers are dragons. He's got Dodgers. He's got dragons. His armor class wasn't high enough. What's the deal with his armor? <laughs> <laughs> all right so there are also uh, there are also issues of just people being allegedly just not being able to separate themselves from fantasy and reality that's basically what that whole story is about is that people didn't think that because it was, it was a game they couldn't decipher what was real and what wasn't now what's it was, funny to me i'm sorry just tell them when you say a story you're talking about the tom hanks movie amazing monsters i don't know if you Mm-hmm. Right, oh, right. You said that. Yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, I might not have. Um, it was a 1982 19, movie. Yeah, 1982, Mazes and Monsters. And early, it was a TV movie, actually. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was a high movie. production value. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah it's very high. That little um, montage with the song. It, it had a TV movie written all over it. And <laughs> the thing is, in this movie, so it was an early Tom Hanks film. He's super young. It must have been one of his first roles. And he. They play, and he's clearly a great actor because even in that 1982 film, he he's up. yeah, he's like yeah. clearly the standout yeah. in the cast. Yeah. <laughs> he's a great actor, Tom Hanks. Fuck yeah. yeah! But even in this film, they're like talking about like he's having all these like family familial problems and shit, and he's going through all this stuff, and they have this horrible montage. But when they play Dungeons and Dragons, they do it by candlelight, and they do it four times a week. And they just play by candlelight, and I'm like, That's they pretty- really romanticize Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like we're eating pizza and wings, and we're arguing yeah. about how much to tip the fucking guy that's bringing it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. The four of them sitting there calmly with candles and everything, ripping like, bongs. Oh my god, no, yeah, we're ripping bongs and shit. And they're sitting there by candlelight, like, and then. And it's super intense. And I was like, fuck, man, if I ever would have played a game with Dungeons and Dragons like this. I'd have been hooked a long time ago, because this shit is exceptional. I've never seen it played by candlelight. Uh, It's deep. It made me want to play in candlelight. And the one thing about that TV movie, too, is you see Tom Hanks, and you see all these other actors that you'll never see again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was their one role. Like, there's a whole whole thing. That's very true. There's Tom Hanks, there's a whole bunch of actors you'll never see, ever, (laughs) in anything. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, my issue with this whole thing, with that being the backlash, is that D&D, to me, it's like us growing up, it was like Grand Theft Auto. Fuck yeah, you wanted to play like, that. Yeah, you wanted to play it, but Grand Theft Auto was one of those things where it was like, oh, people were like, oh, somebody got drive-by shot the other day, 
and they had played Grand Theft Auto. Right. And this game was it too much violence. And Can... violence in video games is a problem. And it's like, they've been having this problem since fucking Dungeons and Dragons in the 70s. It's the confusion of correlation and causality. Exactly. Yes. And to it's refreshing to see that this shit was going on with fucking dice playing games. They talk, they, it's well, like there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something, yes. There's always going to be no, something. No, no, yeah. to- yes, totally. I just think it's funny because like they're like, video games like that that high like level of and it's like no because that's always been the case no, what, what, what about the kids playing. the kids yeah you're gonna have a few fuck-ups but you know the kids are they're gonna grow up yeah and they're kids. gonna there's gonna be a good portion of them that are fine dude early 1900s i guarantee they were like i don't know if we should kick the this, can i don't know we about this butter churning <laughs> you know what i mean this, like, but they're gonna be churning butter all the time yeah. i'm sure if they said that about comic books when they first started i'm sure they did they the, how aggressive that. the page flipping is <laughs> it's too much for any child what is this you know indoor the, plumbing it's evil <laughs> what is it? <laughs> they're building cars too fast with this assembly line it's it's, it's always gonna be no something. more horses <laughs> <laughs> what is this sorcery <laughs> <laughs> they call horse-powered engine. Oh, it's a fallacy. <laughs> no man should be allowed to fly in the sky. <laughs> we are not birds. <laughs> we are trying to touch gods. <laughs> gods, damn it. <laughs> so people are pissed off about it, but nonetheless, the game survived throughout the ages. Now, playing Dungeons and Dragons is a whole another beast in itself besides the history portion. So, for this portion now, we're going to talk about how the game is played and what goes into it. Now, this is one of the main reasons I had you, Colin, on the show is because we're gonna dive in and we're gonna have a lot of questions for you on, uh, you know, what the fuck happens during a simple game of D and D. All right, we'll fire away. I got a lot of questions, but go ahead, start off. How do you, how do you, so, how does um, one get a campaign together? Yeah, like if you want, if somebody wanted to start playing Dungeons and Dragons, what would you need? And I'm still trying to figure out. Why I'm in a dark room, not touching a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know what your priorities in life are, so I can't. (laughs) I can't answer that one. However, the the best way to, I would say, to start playing Dungeons & Dragons is to just kind of uh, think of uh, a different universe or world that you would like to see and live in and then gather uh as many friends as you can to uh well not as many as you can but probably around four to uh to share this reality with you so what i found fascinating about it too is you can create that world and then there's real the sense of realism comes from the chance that's involved with the different dice rolling which makes it like real life because in real life everything's a chance there's different random percentage chance things will occur. And this game, the way it's described as rules-based fantasy, which is what makes it inherently so immersive. Yes. So, um, sorry to cut you off, but, uh, I'll just, I'll, I just want to talk about, like, what actually, like, the gameplay is. Um, it's just... So it's a series of, uh, actions that you take, and everything that you do has a consequence and it's based off of a rolling die system so you, you roll dice you see what the number is and then you have a dungeon master and the dungeon master basically decides what happens but also abides by the roll of the dice 
So they have a set of rules that they're going off of, and they have a story that they're going off of, but it's up to you to decide what basically happens upon the roll of your dice. And the Dungeon Master is essentially the narrator of that whole system. Well, a, a little bit of a correction there. The, the Dungeon Master is under no obligation to abide by any di dice rolls. The, uh, as a Dungeon Master, the only reason that you have dice and roll them is because you like the sound it makes. Uh, everybody else, it's a tool as uh, as random distribution because, for instance, as a dungeon master, you don't want to favor any one particular player uh, because that would just make the game boring. So that's really why you have the dice there to uh, spice up results. And other people wouldn't like that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it definitely makes the game uh, a whole lot more fun. Although you're under no obligation to be the slave of the dice. Awesome! I did not even know that. So, for example, if I opened up a like a chest in the dungeon, we finished the dungeon, we beat the monster, there's a chest behind it, I opened it up, and I had one like a legendary item, say like a dope ass sword with fucking you know crystal tip on it. Fucking, I'm just like constantly coming every time I hold it. <laughs> I have this awesome. I, did, I don't know right? about that enchantment. Uh, right. Well, that's, that's that's five point five. Yeah, um, tell her about that. But anyway, so and then so if I have that right, but I had already also won every last legendary by the luck of the die. Before that, you as dungeon master could say, you know what, this motherfucker's had enough lucky breaks. That nineteen-year-old doesn't cut it. It's going to this person instead because. Of whatever, like you can decide that as a dungeon master. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's really, and it kind of ends up being a. Uh, it's it's almost like a one way street. Like whatever whatever the dungeon master says goes. But like as, as a player, if if everybody isn't having fun, what will end up happening is is that you just have people walking away. So and you usually want to discourage or or hide at least like what the loot rolls are. You never show those to players. So when you say walking away, do you mean in game? Do you mean like no? I mean out oh, of game. You mean oh out of game. like they're not so, gonna want to come back. Right, right, right. Okay, because at first I was thinking because for me I've played. Uh, oh no, I think it was with you guys. Yeah, it was. It was when we played, mm -hmm. and something was happening. I wasn't upset about anything. I was just bored. And I was like, I'm going to find a tavern and grab a drink. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't with you guys. It was somebody else. It was <clears throat> some other people I played. And um, I was like, I'm going to walk away and find a tavern because this, this whole campaign is boring the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I open up and I, I asked for uh, uh, a drink. And I was in a town that hated half-elves and half-humans. And I was a half-elf, half-human. Oh, isn't were, that always how it goes? Isn't it always? <laughs> but what got me was I'm actually half-black and half-white. So this motherfucker was calling me Haffy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at the dungeon master and I'm like, I'm about to kick your fucking ass. I'm about to kick everyone's ass in the fucking air. We don't and like your like, kind here, Haffy. <laughs> I, like, I looked at the dungeon master, I was like, how much is my intimidation roll? And he's like, uh, or like whatever. And I was like, I was like, I got a fucking plus six intimidation. And I got fucking this, and I was like, fuck it. And I just, like, rolled the dice, and I was like, I grabbed the goddamn bartender by his fucking throat and grab him across the bar, pull out my goddamn legendary sword, and I hold it to his throat and say, you want to die today? And the dungeon master, like, knew I was d pointing it right at him, and he was like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, he... 
He says, no, I don't want it. What is that? And I'm like, that's right. You're right. Because I'm fucking... Yeah. It, Call me happy one more fucking time. Right, right. Um, but the Dungeon Master essentially can just negate fucking anything. Yes. And for the sake of the story. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's almost how you, how you would want it. Because you don't, you don't want to get... How you know the Dungeon Master is not going to be playing favorites? You can tell. Oh, well, you can just tell. That goes into that whole, you want to keep things even, hide the roles or whatever, so people don't feel like they're being favored, and you don't want to favor them because you want people to come back to play right. the story you put in yeah. a shit ton of work to make. Okay. I would yes. say you, you... So it's know, in your best interest. Because what is this a big titty woman playing that's getting all the breaks all of a sudden? You know the Dungeon Master's being biased. Well, I mean, and you that, walk away. That's, <laughs> and then the game doesn't go on any further, and that's no one has fun. Yeah, you you bring that up. There's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of in group problems too that can arise while you're playing D and D. Like for instance, one of them is is called my guy syndrome, and and I I personally I hate this, and sometimes I I actually do it. So <laughs> um, I'm kind of bad for doing this, but like you. What happens is is that you get too rigid in constructing your character and you almost you almost think like all right like this is this is what my guy would do so uh you know of course I'm going to like strap bombs like onto like the side of a ship or whatever because my guy is a is a master of bombs and even though you will like sink the ship or you know fuck it yeah. up for everybody but, else yeah, right? everyone else has to cross the boat and you're like well, I have to. It says my guy does this. Right. Yeah, and, and usually so do it. it results in a whole lot of spotlight stealing. So if yeah. if you're the guy that blows things up all the time, you know, like you're gonna have a hard time, like you know, like hanging out with the melee player that you know, like swings a sword or whatever. Because it seems yeah. like a fine line too. Because at the same time, as a dungeon master, you want to reward well played RPGing. But at the same time, you don't you want to discourage that kind of shit that's fucking up the story for everybody else. Yeah, it, it becomes a problem when it's like I care about my victory as opposed to I care about us as a team becoming victorious. Which is a big part of the game, the collaboration and teamwork. Yeah, that's part of it is that it's like, oh, I have this I have like in. I have an enlargement. I'm gonna give it to this character. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh! You're gonna turn into a raptor. You let get me, that. Let me throw enlargement at you. So now we have a giant raptor helping us out instead of me just being like, I'm gonna make myself big and then punch. It's like no, that makes more sense to make the guy who's doing more damage big. And it's to do it. But that's part of it. I think is just not sorry to get you off. But like no, that's cool. part of it. Is just it's 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 like working as a team to overcome these obstacles and knowing that like you're not the one on the quest it's your team on the quest and when you're smoking bongs or like going to have a sig afterwards or you're eating and you're just like it's a lot better when you're like dude that was fucking awesome when you casted this and it totally put me over the edge and we were able to take this yeah. down like you always get a better feeling when you're even if it's in a fantasy world working as a team and accomplishing something exactly so um while we're talking about gameplay, can we talk about alignment? Uh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, can you give us a rundown of what the alignment chart is? Well, at least in uh, in 3.0 and 3.5, the uh, the alignments are 
good, evil, and neutral, and also on on the there's also law, neutral, and chaos. So altogether, there are a total of nine alignments that you can be. Like for example, neutral, evil, chaotic, good, and neutral. And uh, with those, those kind of determine the moral values that a player is supposed to represent. So if I picked a lawful, it, it basically is like a tic-tac-toe chart. Um, and you have kind of good up in the right-hand corner, lawful good, up, or I'm sorry, left-hand corner, lawful good up in the right, left-hand corner. And then uh, was the chaotic evil. No. Um, law, unlawful. Law, evil. chaos, good, evil. Uh, who's, what's the bottom right-hand corner of that chart? Well, it depends on how you want to slice it up. But in the middle is always like, like a neutral, mean. neutral, and yeah, yeah. an character, a godlike entity is like neutral, neutral, right in the middle. Of that, the that, and that's what a dungeon master would be. Yeah. Well, dungeon yeah, master doesn't will... have an alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Dungeon. Yeah. So dungeon master is not a player in the game, so they don't have an alignment. Yeah, he makes they're the, game. the they're He's the, the god. storytellers. They're the gods of the game. Mm. He's, and the, then, he's the guy in the red robe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He he's the dude that's like the blue. Oh, you've been living in the matrix the whole time. Mm -hmm. He's that guy that's just behind the scenes on the computer. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you can never interact with them in yeah, in game. Yeah. You you definitely can't. Gods in the game can't but interact he, with them. But also, whenever whatever characters you run into, the he, dungeon master is. He like role if, plays. If you walk into a tavern, and if you're you like, replace hey, dungeon master play with with the word universe, it might give you a better understanding. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, we walk into a town and we want to sleep for the night. We go into a tavern and we talk to the tavern guy, dungeon master. Oh, you want to stay at my tavern for the night? Well, that'll cost you three shillings. And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have like a you have a thing that says like there's this thing and this in the town and this in the there's town. There's always guidelines or things yeah, you yeah, prepare there, ahead it'll of say, time. Yeah, say like there is a, a you know a tavern in the town to stay in. And oh yeah. this. Yeah, if you've done your job as a dungeon master, usually you have an idea of uh, of a surrounding town, a region, areas that you can go into, such as bars, taverns, weapon shops, and also people inside that region. Right. And, and you want to prepare those for each and every adventure. So you have characters. Uh, you build your character normally, typically, and you kind of decide what moral morality you want, and then you decide what kind of person you want, what kind of creature you want to be, mm -hmm. and what your abilities are going to be, and then you basically have like numbers and shit that that you then attribute to that character. Like, oh, I'm a archer, I'm a, I'm a ranger, you know, I shoot bow and arrows, and I'm a uh, yeah. When you say no, you say what kind of powers you're going to have. Do you have to write that out first so you don't just invent shit off the yes, top of your head? Yes, yes, So there's... So you don't just, so somebody goes, wait a minute. You fucking didn't have super strength to have a minute ago. So if you How just... How you all of a sudden? If you decide to be like a ranger or whatever your class is, wizard, sorcerer, the Dungeon Master's Guide, I believe that is the book. The Player's Handbook has all the skills you can and the way... You level up like okay. all this, all the yeah. guidelines. But you, I think you're gonna say that you, you, you can, can think of your uh, your your class or whatever as a uh, as almost your job, right? So if you're if you're playing a wizard character, right? 
swinging swords that that isn't part of your job all right you're slinging spells all right that's 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 what you do okay. so in uh in the player's handbook or any of the books of the rules guide they'll they'll tell you what your um what your stats is what you as a player can and cannot do now if you have a problem with that or like sometimes there's there's prestige classes which are um which are think of it as like a specialist almost mm -hmm. you can you can talk to your dungeon master and uh and be like hey like do these do these exist in the world you know whatever like can i can i play this prestige character and and, and it all depends on the dungeon master like you might have a, a person like colin is like you know what i'll allow this for this character or something right or, or but then you might have somebody that's just like gary gygax apparently is very mathematical and he's like dungeon mastered for like special events in the past like ten years, where it's like oh shit we got Gary Gygax to be the dungeon master. I can't wait. And and but he's so mathematical that he's like, what did you roll an eleven? That doesn't beat the nine. Uh, sorry, or like that beats the nine, so he he loses and he, like he's very like by the book. fucking by the yeah. books yeah. about it, which is kind of a joke. Because if you actually go by their rules, and if you take the objects such as, like, the moon or whatever in the sky, well, uh, Gygaxian, you know, size scaling systems, and uh, the, the average human being would not be able to see the moon. So, there you go. Shit. <laughs> you got heated about that moon debate. Yeah, like, yeah, Gygax yeah. is a motherfucker, yeah. I tell you what. Well, I mean, I just, I just take offense because, like, sometimes, uh, like, they, they try. Sometimes people they try and act like these, like these mechanical Dungeons and Dragons rules are like absolute and make total sense. But you know what? Like, a bit, a lot of it is like, you know, him kind of like flying by the coattails. And like, if you think any of the 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 physics will mesh with Dungeons and Dragons, like, it's such a joke. Right. So I think it's yeah. a much better to to take to a give slight, a little leeway. Yeah, a slightly more lenient type of play because you know you we're all a little drunk here. We're yeah. all a little high. Yeah, we're you not know, trying the, a bit. Bugged the good the goal is yeah. to have fun. You know, you, you don't want to live in like a as 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 cool as it sounds like. You, but you know, you wouldn't actually want to like role play in a Game of Thrones type. You know, no, where, you you're, no, where everything's fun. just like shit. Yeah. Oh, my favorite <laughs> guy died yeah. immediately. Oh, your character's raped now, and uh, now they have to deal with the consequences. And, uh, you know, oh, oh, your party member got a schlong cut off. Like, all right, like, no, like, that sounds fucking terrible. I don't want to play that game. <laughs> I, have a, like, I have a very powerful imagination from playing this game for so long, and, like, to hear some of that shit, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, it's very disarming. Um... So basically, that's that's how it's played. It's you have a DM and you have a bunch of people that make a bunch of decisions. It's ultimately up to the DM, and it's a fantasy game. You fucking do what you want. You try to do what you want. You either fail or you succeed, and that's the fun in it. Yeah, it's a never-ending story almost. It could be. It doesn't have to be, but it could be because again, it's up to the DM, and it's 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 just a world where you kind of let yourself go in. Yes. So it's a fantasy land where. Black people still get killed. <laughs> That's up to your dungeon master. That's up to your dungeon master. We're playing. So don't play with David Dukes. <laughs> David Duke was gonna, he's gonna kill you off. Um, all right, so getting out of the additions. Wizard. What's up? The additions. 
We're getting into that. Ah, uh, no, let's go through it. I mean, we went into gameplay. The only thing about the editions is that, so there's like multiple editions of Dungeons & Dragons, and each edition, it, uh, they change gameplay somewhat to make it more user-friendly, because a lot of the time some things are more overpowered. It's, it's honestly any game you play, if it's Overwatch or, you know, anything, they'll do updates to the game right. so that it's more fair, because when they first create it, this one character, if you play... If in Injustice you play Green Lantern, you're going to have a fucking big advantage over anybody because you're just shooting torpedoes at somebody non-stop and they can't block them. Right. And it's like, it's bullshit. And that's how a lot of games are. So D&D keeps going through different renditions. And also, no one... You're not going to get any more money if you don't come out with something new. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had the, the same game from the 1970s... You know, your dad gives it to you. You don't need to buy another one, no. Right. But if a 5.5 comes out or 5.0 comes out, you're like, oh, shit. I need. I just bought Pokemon Ultra Moon. I could have bought Pokemon Moon. I already had Omega Ruby. I didn't need to buy Ultra Moon, but it's the newest one, and I needed it. And that's how games work. And so... <laughs> that's how the economy works. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, that's D&D the gameplay in a fucking bubble moving on from that though we're just going to talk about a little bit about where that game went and the popularity it gained and uh its importance yes uh so i'll say it regained popularity somewhat recently mm -hmm. for me at least i knew about it uh and more pop culture but it's always been popular in nerd, it's, in nerd culture. Yeah, it's, it's carried it's, over. I knew about yeah. it from Freaks and Geeks. Mm -hmm. was how I first kind of had an idea about it. But D&D, uh, to me, uh, became more popular now. Also, like this whole nostalgia era that we're in, where it's always like... Stranger Things back. brought it back. Stranger Things was huge yeah. in mm -hmm. bringing that game back. But we were playing before Stranger Things even came out. Right. Three of us. We we, we've been playing for a while. Yeah. We started um, when we were like 11. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's been steady, and I think it's just a testament to just fiction and people. I've always them. known about it. I've always known about it, even back right. in the in the 80s and, and late 70s. I've always known about Dungeons & Dragons. I just never... And, and at one point, I think when I was a teenager, I was thinking about trying to play it, and I think I might have bought a book about it. Mm -hmm. But I just... There was... Couldn't make know, heads or tails of it. And a black name, not a lot of black kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right. In 1981, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel you. Which, like, I. To me, it's like, not, not only is it a great game with, like, a whole lot of combinations, but, like, it's a very cheap, cheap, cheap game to play. Like, the amount of books and everything that you can find online, and, like, you know, you, you just. You just buy a few dice, you know, maybe like $10, download some PDFs online, bing, bang, boom. Like, you know, you can just start playing the game. Right. Yeah. You don't need to buy the books anymore. Like you yeah. said, you can get the PDF files. Yeah, you just download Just get a few it. dice. We're fucking free. Yeah. Uh, not saying that. We did that. Wink, wink. <laughs> no. Wink, wink, no. wink, 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 yeah. wink, wink. But uh, we did. <laughs> also, all the all the core rule books they always they always post all that information online. Like there's a d20srd.com. Yeah, will allow you to look up. The I had an, I free. have an app that just is a dice rolling app. You don't even need to buy the you dice. You don't even need to buy the you don't even dice. Buy dice you don't even need to buy dice. So you can just play it, and I think part of the fun is just having to get everybody together and just hang out and just and like you were saying, like I showed you that podcast, Drunks and Dragons. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, like you were saying, like it sounds like these people are having just a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, yeah, they were having fun. So yeah, because it's just like, oh, I want to do this. Okay, well, I want to do this. Well, then this happens. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, then I want to do this. And it's like if you have no imagination or you're not interested in that kind of thing, like I know a lot of people are like, I'm trying to get them to play like board games that I play, and mm-hmm. like, well, it's not Monopoly. And I'm like, well, fucking, Fuck you're not Monopoly. gonna get any further than that then. If your well, if your idea mindset is like, well, I've only played Monopoly, so what's this, this Dungeons and This Dragons? is a game about collaboration like, and teamwork, as opposed to being a banker who's trying to fuck over the other people in the game yeah, and yeah, make yeah. them go bankrupt. Actually, exactly. you can make Dungeons and Dragons kind of that game. You can. I, I did it that for a character. With <laughs> yeah, the well, yes, with the bargaining, yeah. you can. You yeah. can, yeah. but that's not the game. That's not the game. There's a dungeon master and there's people playing it, and it's a. It's a fucking, you abide by their rules, and you fucking play the game. And it's a lot of fun. So, um, I'll, good. Uh, well, I watched, I was going to tell you, there's these five coping mechanisms for dealing with the perils of reality. There was a whole TED Talk, just like 22 minutes, by this guy, Ethan Gilsdorf. And I just wanted to go over these and kind of get your take on them, Colin, see what you think. And if you agree or not, I think I think you will because the way he sums it up is pretty accurate. He says it teaches collaboration and teamwork, which is and how we were already talked about how much collaboration and teamwork go into the game and how it can teach you that. His thing was he was too much of a quote unquote spaz in sports for him to get the sense of collaboration and teamwork from a team sport game, and that he's able to get it from playing in Dungeons and Dragons. The other thing he said, it teaches preparedness, innovation, and problem solving. Like, if you have a troll that you just, like, come upon, you can just, like, go up and straight attack it. Or you can barter with it. Or go around it. Or go a different direction. Yeah. I mean, ideally, you would want to use a flame or acid weapon to... <laughs> right. <laughs> ...bypass its regeneration. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's dealt, he's dealt with a few trolls in his day. No, I've dealt with many a troll. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy, vile creatures. Uh, um, I, I have two. And she wasn't pretty when we woke up the next morning. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this one he goes over character building builds character is one I <laughs> one I don't know if I necessarily agree with. I I, I would say. Because it can, you could get, yeah, because you could just get wrapped up in building up your character. He's like, he tried to spin it like you learned that if you work in the game and build your character, you could apply that to your real life, which he obviously did because he's intelligent, but I don't really think that that's the majority of the people playing the game. No, no, but, yeah, I'll tell you this, the first time I played, not the first, the second time I played, I was at a, a game store in South Jersey and uh, I was playing it and it was this married couple and they were... Uh, m- mouth breathers, I think it was. Like, oh God! And um, they were, they had a fucking full pamphlet in front of them, way more papers than I had of their character sheet, and everything that we did. Oh, hey, we're gonna wait in line to get this new piece of armor. There's plenty for everyone. Um, well, I have a, and they sat there for, and that, I use that example from when we played, uh-huh. but they sat there. For every fucking, we walk into the forest. Um, I think my character knows what forest uh, we're in, so I'm gonna. Hold, uh, hold on, I can't find it. I'm um, gonna. Um, just. Uh, the other person's there. 
Oh, the I can't find it. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And you're just like, fuck, man. Well, take a hit of the inhaler, Jesus. <laughs> oh, it was so rough. But yeah, so keep yeah. going. Uh, the last one, I kind, uh, I don't know how widespread it is, but he, he had, he wanted to go with five points, I think, to have a solid number. So yeah, he had, absolutely. yeah. So he says empathy and tolerance, which I found interesting. The empathy part, I kind of understand. I could see it working. All these, I could see working in somebody who's intelligent and in playing the game. Because right. if you play a different character, he's going to act a different way. Yeah. So if you deal with people who act a certain way, it can give you an idea of how they think and why they're thinking a certain way. Yeah, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. I think all these are contingent upon you being a smart person and <laughs> playing true, the game and not being but, a total I mean, but fuck. But still, though, it, it's funny because if you have a, these alignments and stuff and you watch somebody play this character like, oh, well, no, regardless of what I would do, my character would do this instead. Right. And then you see that and you're like, huh. And then you can't reflect on yourself and you're like, hmm. Somebody else asked me for something. I know this person's asking for a... Uh, you know, uh, Voltaire sword from the Magic Gardens or whatever the fuck it is. Uh -huh. But uh, that kind of reminds me of when that person, when Sarah at work came up to me and asked me for uh, that paperwork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I could have answered her differently. <laughs> uh, the last one he said was the power of narrative, which is not, I mean, that's kind of inherently obvious. And how we become passive consumers for prepackaged narratives and RPGs like this game allow us to kind of think of our own stories and be a little more creative which yeah. i find better too because if you're just taking in stories without even thinking about how they're made right or what goes into making them you don't really enjoy them enough or appreciate right. them enough or just are like yeah this is good when you're like if somebody who actually created a story and knows what they're talking about or like yeah, yeah. that's actual shit yeah it's that creativity i think that's a big factor i mean playing with you and stuff it's not like when we're playing, when I was like, well, I want to do this. And you're like, well, that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Like, it's like, no, you do that, and this is what happens, too. So now my story has to change as a dungeon master. Let, let me interject with a quick question on you guys who play this game. Who is the strongest character you could be? Ooh, uh, for three points. Besides being dungeon master. All right. So for, for 3.5, I would say... That it is either a a if you only have access to the core rule books, I would say wizard. If if you have access to everything um, and all the books, there is well, um, I overall would probably be clerics because of the versatility that they offer, as well as melee prowess. Like clerics are just good at everything. So clerics are basically just like holy men <laughs> that just like help out everybody, right? Uh, no. Is that wrong? No, that's absolutely wrong because uh, a cleric is merely a person that believes strongly in either a concept or a deity. And with that, they can be whatever um, whatever they want. So, for instance, if I believe, you know, strongly in, you know, murdering people, then, <laughs> you know... 
<laughs> I can be a cleric of, you know, murder, and there is, like, death domains That's fucking and everything awesome, like that. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking badass. Like, yeah. for instance, if I'm a cleric and I strongly believe that, you know, you know what's truly disgusting? The fact that everybody's heart beats. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's only, it's only proper. The sound the, kills The me. real life is the unlife, and this fleshy existence is the unlife. We must swap over I must turn everyone into a zombie. Slow down, Thanos. Slow down. I love that train of thought. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful train of thought. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the whole the whole good and evil thing, like, you can, uh, there's good and evil everything. Yeah, you can, you can play with that. It's like you the know? telltale heart wherever he goes, I just yeah. hear the beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you must consume the flesh. The egg around the coast, <laughs> yeah. Alright, so what else do we got? That was the last one. That was the last Power one? Power of Narrative. That's that's pretty good though, because that's those are the things about that was a good summary in itself of what makes Dungeons and Dragons appealing to just the layman. Right. It's that ability to kind of just let loose, mm-hmm. have this freedom, get with restrictions, but that's based off of what you decide, so you still have that freedom. Yeah. And, and there's that, rules that you're constrained by, right. which gives it a sense of realism. Yeah, but but it requires creativity and imagination. Definitely. And that's what I think is cool about that game, is that it's not a game that says, okay, here's your character, you're Mr. fucking Pedigree in the office with the candlestick. Right. This is what you were doing, and boom. Right. It's like, no, you are required... To imagine, oh, you walked into a cave and the walls are fucking dripping wet, and you have to be like, okay, clock that one. Okay, the walls are dripping wet. I can fucking control water. How do I? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm right, moving on. And there's a dead person in the corner. Well, are they dead? Maybe I can check them. I have like this fucking skill. Lets me like, you gotta like consider every little fucking thing. Definitely. And it's so much more immersive than just any other board game or any game, honestly, that I've ever fucking played. There's a reward system, too. You build up your character as you go along, which is an inherently human trait that people like. Yeah, and as you build them, you get access to cooler stuff. Yep. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, leveling up. Leveling up was the thing from Chainmail that Chainmail had, and that's why Gary Gagas created me originally. So, moving on from all that shit... Uh, famous people that have been into Dungeons and Dragons. Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald. <laughs> that one that one surprised me. Yeah, no, because he's he was actually on Harmon Quest, um, which is uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of Rick and Morty, and Community. Does, yeah, and Community. Um, did a TV show where it's an animated show, and you know he's a creator, and Patton Oswald was on it. Our friend Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Uh, Stealing these out from under you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike Myers. Uh, fucking Austin Powers was super into it. That I did not know, but I'm not surprised. No. So good at changing roles. If you want roles. more people that you're not surprised at, Chris Hardwick <laughs> is a big D&D player. Big fucking whoop. Yeah, not a big Chris yeah, Hardwick guy. Yeah, I uh, hate fucking uh, Chris thank Hardwick. You. Um, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Talking um, Dead. Tim Duncan, he's a basketball player. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, he does. That's fucking cool. He's a beast, too. Tim Duncan plays uh, R.I.P. Robin Williams. Yep. D&D player. That makes sense. Through and through. Yeah. That makes total sense. That he played in his career. Yeah. 
He's like, the genie, man. Imagine a campaign with player. him and Mike Myers and oh Tim Duncan, just a seven-foot guy. Yeah. <laughs> You're the tank. You're taking. He's a half length. I can actually fit through doors comfortably. No, you I'm can't. a gnome illusionist. Uh, Moby. A gnome illusionist. Moby. Moby is a big D and D player. Not, not surprised at all. Um, so, uh, and then the last one, my favorite, Vin Diesel. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> we talked about this in the Guardians of the Galaxy episode. Oh, the nerd, you don't remember, but I don't remember, yeah. Vin Diesel is an avid D and D player. There's a junk kit that they had for Dungeons Guardians and Diesel, of- isn't it? D and D and Diesel. They had a, they had a press junk kit for one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and they had everybody from that movie up on a panel, and people were coming up and asking questions like fans. And a fan came up and said, uh, Vin, I have a question for you. And he was like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and they were like, they were like, um, so I have a campaign going on in D&D, and uh, I was wondering if you'd want to be a part of it. Uh, it's an online campaign. And all the cats were like, what the fuck? Like laughing. And Vin just leaned into the mic, and he's like, what version are you playing? 4.5 or 5.0? Because uh, I have a character for 5.0, but they're level this, so I don't know if you're level that. And everyone, everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the hell is going on? And, D- and Vin Diesel was just like, yeah, you know what? He's like, he's, he's like I'm going to meet up with you on the, on the side of the show, pass my security, give me your gamer tag, and we'll talk about getting a uh, campaign together. And I was like, fuck yeah, Vin Diesel. He's a man. Vin he's Diesel. the man. Dude. He's D&D. fucking sat there. Dude, he's just heavy into D&D. Yeah. Still so getting the Fast and the Furious checks. Yes, still getting Watch Fate of the Furious the other night. Fate of Clint the Furious? Fate of the Furious. What was the Clint? fate of the Furious? They blew up a submarine. Did they drive the cars? Was... <laughs> yeah, they yeah I think they submarine. drive cars, but, but very fast and maybe in confined areas. A little angry, angrily. They yeah. find new ways of blowing up shit with cars. Yeah, yeah. they do. And they had Clint Eastwood's son in it, and he tried to fill in for Paul Walker, basically. Clint Eastwood? Yeah, it was rough. Mm, yeah, it was. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of fans people have been into fucking D and D, and honestly, I think Stranger Things have piqued the interest more than anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Demogorgon. The Demogorgon. Yeah, it's it's the whole plot of Colin you know, fucking, fucking hates famous that shit. TV show. <laughs> I don't blame you for hating it. I understand, but uh, you know, I'm glad that now Fact people remains. might be more inclined to listen to this episode because I guarantee they watch Stranger Things. There's no way they would stand a chance against the Demi-Gorgon. Just read the stat block. You know, it's like, Jesus Just read the stat block. They're they're never going to hit him. They're never going to hit him. Even if they hit epic level, they're they're still not even going to hit the Demi-Gorgon. It can just stop time. Cast Wish at will. It's bullshit. If they hit a net 20, if they roll a net 20. I don't know. They roll a net 20, though. If they all roll a nat 20. I mean, Trust me, the man knows if it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but if you roll a nat 20... Listen, George. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. You can Apparently cast not. wish at will. Yeah. What does that mean enough. to you? Like every know. other round or some nonsense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, that I think just about wraps <laughs> it up for our D&D episode. Colin, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, it's great to be here. Awesome, dude. Uh, and we appreciate all the D&D knowledge. Yeah, fuck yeah. We could have... 
Yes. Yeah, because otherwise you would have just been listening to the episode just mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't fucking say this. Oh, I know. That's not true. <laughs> they, they, they still coming there. Go grab one of them guitars and sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Loots right. only. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Um, what, what are we going with it next? Uh, so this is our second to last episode. This is our second to last episode. Okay. Yes. Um, so shit, man. I don't know. Did anybody win a, a t-shirt? No, nobody. Yeah. Nobody answered the fucking question. Nobody won the fucking t-shirt. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm not giving away shit now. <laughs> Can I have it? No, you can't have a t-shirt. I'm picking oh, a t-shirt. So it's still out there, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to do, do a shameless plug, because if you do go to um, um, uh, obsidiannomad.com, I'm writing articles for them. So go read my articles on obsidiannomad.com. Cool. About about different like nerd stuff. Yeah, like reviews and stuff. Reviews and yeah. stuff like that. You know, I'm doing one on Black Lightning now, which is this shit. Can I do a plug? Go ahead. Go to soundcloud.com slash gbrez, R-E-Z, for my music. And, yeah, there's my shameless plug. Hell, yeah. Got any plugs you want to do, Kit? Oh, definitely. Um, Your boy is J. Escobar fucking 14 on Xbox Live. (laughs) You might also know me as fucking George the Innocent, a.k.a. J. J. Esco the Excellent, a.k.a. your fucking boy over here on the right side of the computer, depending on which side you're looking at it, a.k.a. Yeah, the nigga with the fucking paper in front of him. I got paper, I got pen, I got beer, so I'm still here. And um Kyle, you, know you gotta plug me. Yeah. <laughs> no plugs available at this time. <laughs> Alright, well that just about wraps it up then. We didn't do our fun question. Uh our fun question is uh how fu- uh, uh, there's no fun question. You can't come in after the plugs. Yeah, double up on fun questions next Our next time. podcast oh, yeah. is gonna be about we don't know what the fuck it's gonna be about, but it's gonna be us talking. And honestly, this time instead of us it not being that we don't know what it's gonna be about, it's literally we wanna make it good. So the next one's gonna be not that this one isn't, but we're the next one's gonna yeah. be we're putting fucking time and effort and we're gonna do this shit right. In the meantime, so. check us out on SoundCloud, check us out on iTunes, and comment on us on, on Facebook. And God bless your soul and keep living. And uh Herr Hydru Arzau. How many oh. bears did you have? <laughs> Too many. <laughs>